0: It is bronze and modern gods. I'm John. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is bonus episode time. Your questions, your comments, and plus a NFT, comic book NFT market watch segment. You know how we do it on Fridays. And first, let me remind you guys to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze of Modern Gods. If you're listening to us on a podcast platform, why not leave us a nice little review? If you're watching us on YouTube, like this video, hit subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your mom.
1: Ooh, your mom.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, right. Your mom, tell her. <laughs> and now it's time for everybody's favorite Friday segment, viewer mail. You've got mail. Richard, start us off.
1: Yeah, I got a, uh, a viewer mail comment from Learning and Technology with Frank. It sounds like a podcast. Wow, it sounds like a channel or a podcast yeah. to me. Free plug. <laughs> uh, it says, great to see love from Marvel Masterworks. It's something I have a complete set of and continue to enjoy collecting. They are a real wonderful way to get nice a nice Marvel collection.
0: Now, he's referring to our interview with Tom DeFalco uh, on Monday's show where we found out kind of an exclusive that Tom DeFalco uh, was responsible for the creation of the Marvel Masterworks program to save Marvel from
1: bankruptcy. (laughs) Yeah, the Marvel Masterworks are great resources. They're inexpensive still. You can pick them up. Uh, I find them all the time in in, uh, long boxes. And they're just a way of reading um, those out-of-print old books that uh, you would have to spend, in some cases, thousands of dollars to be able to collect. So- you're, you're talking about
0: Marvel Milestones. The Marvel Masterworks were the hardback books that reprinted, you know, like the first ten issues of Fantastic Four. Yeah, that was a that was a crazy thing for the late '80s to have these books in hardbound. Yeah. Permanent editions.
1: I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting those two crossed. Yeah, because yeah. I have I have several of the copies of the Masterworks books. Uh, nice nice uh, hard covered books. Uh, you can. I've been. I was buying them for like twenty bucks a piece. I mean they they yeah. weren't really expensive. Although there are some rare books in that set uh, that uh, they just the print run must have been very small because they go for hundreds of dollars. So never pa- to me never pass on those uh, because you never know when you can find a, a real gem. Yeah, there are
0: some out there like the uh Atlas Era Masterworks. The first one I think reprints the original Black Knight series from the 50s along with the first uh 9 issues of Venus Hello. And um that one goes for a lot of money because it was not a lot of a huge print run. Now, Frank here says he has a complete set. Yeah, Frank. A- you have the complete Dazzler Masterworks.
1: <laughs> Yeah, There's like 200 and some odd books in the set, if yeah. I remember correctly. It's it's a large set, and it covers uh, a vi- wide swath of Marvel history. So uh, if you get a full set, congratulations, because that was a real effort to do.
0: Yeah, I, there are books that have been masterworks that I would never imagine would ever earn a hardback collection like Marvel 2-in-1. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, just little dog books back then that were like you know
1: considered b level c level bottom of the barrel omega the unknown yeah. what uh but, but you yeah. got fantastic four you got thor you've got uh, avengers you know it, again it's a great way of reading those series um without having to pay the big bucks and those those hard those hardbound books will last forever too I wonder if there's actually stuff like Captain Savage and his Leatherneck
0: Raiders Masterworks, or uh, <laughs> a,
1: there was a website that had the whole list of all the the Masterworks. Yeah. Um, if I can, re- if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put
0: it in the description. They have a they had a very robust forum as well where people can make requests, and and the uh, editor from Marvel that actually handles the Masterworks used to be pretty involved in that forum. So we'll add it to the description below. Uh, My first piece of viewer mail is from someone uh, referring to themselves as Haviland. I assume it's a last name. I don't want to give their email address out here, but Mm -hmm. the comment is I watch your podcast regularly. Thank you. And would like to hear some information on your opinion of pre unity valiant comics. As you know, they had much smaller print runs interested in what you think their future is. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Haviland. First of all, you're asking a few separate questions here. Um, what do I think of pre-Unity Valiant comics? I love them. I love these things when they came out. I was a big Jim Shooter fan, um, but we're talking about several different things here. We're talking about Valiant comics that were Nintendo based. They were. They had like Super Mario Brothers was a Valiant comic. Uh, Game Boy was a Valiant comic. Captain N, the Nintendo Master. <laughs> Those were how they made some quick money when they first launched the company, and they go for some serious money now, um, which is crazy. Now, then you had the superhero titles, uh, Dr. Solar or just Solar, Man of the Atom, uh, Magnus, Turok, stuff like that. Uh, The pre-Unity ones, Harbinger, those were great books, great reads, very tight continuity between everything. And I loved them. They were super expensive at the time because the print runs were low. And then post-Unity, they fire Jim Shooter. They get a little full of themselves. They expand too much. Everything goes in the crapper. So what is their future? Well, the new Valiant's been
1: around for a while now.
0: Richard, what do you think?
1: (laughs) You know, and I prefer the old titles. the The pre-Unity stuff is so much better and so much more collectible. I, you know, I I know uh, our mutual friend Forrest is a huge fan of uh, yeah. those early Valiant titles, and they're still. You know, most of them are still affordable. You still get some Harbingers that are expensive, and but for the most part, you can you can have a full Valiant run for a reasonable amount of money.
0: I, I giggle when I talk about the new Valiant comics because it, it's such a wasted opportunity. Sorry. Uh, no offense to the people that like them no offense to the company the creative people they're trying their best but i don't know if it was for rights issues or whatever they just made a total break from the original valiant universe and rebooted and started over from scratch and i was so excited when they were coming back i thought oh we're gonna pick it up and, and and move on and no i mean there's still a character named pete stanchek but it's not the same pete stanchek uh there's you know, and then they lost the rights to the Western publishing titles like Magnus, Turok, and Solar, who went to Dark Horse. Jim Shooter revived those at Dark Horse. And I was all excited because, okay, here are the Valiant big three written by Jim Shooter. And they had to reboot it because they didn't have the rights. It just It's a mess now. It's just a mess. Valiant is not what it used to be. So the future of pre-unity valiance i think there's a nostalgia factor people that came up in the 90s mm-hmm. will have a soft spot and pay for high-grade copies but long term we're
1: all gonna die <laughs> <laughs> yeah small segment uh, yeah i it, it's a cautionary tale for people who um who publish books keep the rights to your properties if you can <laughs> <laughs> you know um do what, what todd mcfarland did and and um keep your rights because otherwise you when, when opportunities come up, you won't be able to take advantage of them.
0: I mean, ask Rob Liefeld, yeah. uh, he created all that stuff for image and then sold it. Now he can't even do, he can't even do a young blood book anymore. And he That's made the blood. Oh yeah. 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 All right. My next piece of your mail is a fun one. Uh, it is from Jimmy Lee. <laughs> oh my. I used to go to Baker's Meats to buy my comics. For those of you who are joining us uh, for the first time in a while, or you missed it, uh, Baker's Meats was where I managed a comic shop. It was a meat market in Lorain, Ohio. The owner was uh, a huge comic book fan and he wanted to carry comic books. So he started carrying comic books in a section of the meat market and he hired me to manage it. it. Got successful enough. Pat, pat on my back that we were able to open up a separate comic book store, but for a long time it was a comic book store and meat market <laughs> combination.
1: Yeah, uh, it was.
0: It was right in front of Big Lots on Oberlin Avenue in Lorraine, Ohio. Yes, indeed, it was on uh, Lorain Boulevard, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. No, Oberlin Avenue. Yeah, he's
1: right. Overland Avenue across the bridge. Yeah. yeah, to me.
0: Yep. If I can remember right, the owner's name was Neil. Indeed, his name was Neil Levitt, and he was a sweetheart. I was. Always there. Well, thanks, Jimmy Lee. I don't know if we crossed paths. We had to. If you were, uh, maybe you were buying books before I started there, but or after I left, maybe. But yeah, Neil was the best. He was the biggest Superman fan I knew. He had a huge Superman memorabilia collection, huge collection of comics in the back room of the meat market, back behind the refrigeration units. (laughs) Seriously, I'm not kidding you uh and you know i i love neil he was a great guy he was a mentor to me i kind of wonder what happened to his collection i can't help it the, the the little collector mercenary dealer part of me is like what happened to those books uh but you know hey if you're out there neil's family i love neil call me
1: um all right <laughs> <laughs> what is your next piece of your mail uh my next piece is from three ply cord Uh, This is in regards to, we were talking about Spider-Man 2099 last week. week. Mm -hmm. ASM 365 isn't as cool as Spider-Man 2099, number one, in my opinion. If you want to play the spec, I I get Spidey 2099, number one, second print with the white cover. I understand that the 365 is technically the first appearance, but it's a preview. Sort of feels like a cheap first appearance, not a true first appearance. Mm Hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. The cover on 365, if you're not a big hologram fan and not a fan of basically a, a black cover with a hologram stuck on the front of it, uh, the Sp- Spider Man 2099 is, is more graphically appealing. I go go with you there. Um, the second print. Um, Do you know about that? I, I, I was aware of the second print. I don't know if it, you know, some modern second prints are more valuable. Well, than... This one
0: came with the action figure. That's the only place you could get it. So there was a Marvel Legends action figure of Spider-Man 2099, and it came with this comic book. So it's tough in high grade because it was on that blister pack hanging yeah. in Toys R Us next to the DC Universe variants.
1: But I don't remember this, the second print being valued higher than the first print. I could oh, be yeah.
0: Wrong. Oh, b- big time. Is this, it really? Okay. Yeah, because... You cannot get a 9.8 of this unless unless you have it pressed because of the way it was put in these packages. It, it has damage. So, yeah, take a look at uh, 20 Spider-Man 2099 second print prices. You will be pleasantly surprised or shocked.
1: <laughs> so so what do you think about the the difference between 365 and 2099? It is that
0: eternal struggle.
1: You know, does <laughs> a preview count?
0: Uh, it, Twenty Ninety Nine or Spidey Twenty Ninety Nine Number One has him on the cover. It's his first cover appearance. That's right. always more appealing. Um, it's almost like I, I if it was Marvel Age and it was a five page preview, I would be like, well, okay, whatever, guys." But the fact that it's actually an issue of Amazing Spider Man Three Sixty or Amazing Spider Man that has a preview mm-hmm. of a spinoff title, it, I don't know. For a weird, for some weird, weird reason, I think it gives it a little
1: more credibility. But you know what? Like all of these things, it, it boils down to what the market decides. Yeah, so we have this argument with with uh, Hulk one eighty 180, one eighty one. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it it really doesn't matter. It's what people put their dollars behind. If you're going for the spec, so um, if the dollars go behind the Spider Man twenty ninety nine, then so be it. Uh, or if it goes after the ASM, uh, just. Just be aware of the market, and if you're looking for spec, buy accordingly. I don't think any of the three is a bad buy at this point, really. Um, no, you got, you've got you got until next October, I think, yep. to buy into this, because that's when the next movie is going to be out.
0: Yep. All right, my last piece of viewer mail comes from our regular viewer, EL, or L, not sure which it is. Hey, guys, always enjoy, keep up the good work. Thank you. Saw VV was releasing Dark Hawk number one as an NFT. I'm sure you'll tackle it. Too funny. Well, I can't think of a better segue for us to fire up the modem, get on America Online, and check out the comic NFT watch for this week. Two drops this week. I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. <laughs> All right. What do you want to start with? The good news is Amazing Spider-Man number three. First appearance of Dr. Octopus was Tuesday's drop. The bad news is the drop everyone was waiting for was Thursday. Dark Hawk number one. Okay. Now, as far as new drops, my enthusiasm, Richard, is definitely waning. Yeah. Uh the combination of truly mind-boggling selections and the proliferation of bots, whether the, the people running VV1 to admit it or not, they're out there. There are bots that are claiming stuff multiple, multiple times. It's made it no longer fun for me, um, which is sad because you guys know how excited I was when this thing launched. And I was setting my alarm at 7.50 a.m. Pacific time to make sure I was awake for that 8 a.m. drop. And I was excited to see what I'd get. I'm waiting the two hours. Am I going to get a rare? Am I going to get a secret rare? I haven't bought a drop in two months now haven't participated i haven't participated in a drop in two months now i don't care about dark hawk i don't care about x-men 308 oh but it's thanksgiving yeah um, I don't, I don't cares. um dark hawk number one here's the thing about dark hawk number one it's a meme i get it it's a joke However, the people running Vivi did not present it like that. They should have. They should have really leaned into the marketing of that and been like, here's the book you've all been waiting for. Wink, wink. You know, then it would have been funny. It's going to sell out either way. I think they I think honestly, I don't want to say
1: they don't give a crap, but if you're selling out instantly in less than a second, do you give a crap? Yeah, some of the selections they've made tell me they don't really care.
0: Right. So it's uh, they're basically printing money in the basement right now, which God bless them. It's a great business model. Is it good long term? I, I look at these VV forums on Facebook and I I, I was jumping in and, and commenting here and there. And I've given up because it's a lot of people who don't know about comics uh, or have a cursory knowledge of comic book history or, or comic book collecting. And there's just a lot of misinformation being tossed around. And I can't be Superman and save everyone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any interest. I've got a job. Uh, I can't spend a lot of my bandwidth on this. Now, the good news about VV is the last two weeks, we've seen huge gains overall on common keys. We touched on it a couple of weeks ago, but here's where we're at now with just the commons. I'm not even talking about rares or secret rares uh marvel comics number one or common is 188 gems right now that's crazy i want to say 188 dollars but there's no way you can cash out so forget that um avengers number eight which was limited to ten thousand, remember that drop Mm -hmm. that's up to 248 gems Uh, amazing spider-man number one is 95 gems fantastic four number one 78 gems daredevil number one's 58 gems ultimate fallout 4 88 gems
1: Yeah. And remember, this is seven gems to buy into uh, these particular sales. So, you know, if you bought in and you got a common, you've made money or you've made gems, I should say.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now, where are we going to get the ability to convert gems to fiat? Perhaps never.
1: (laughs) I I don't I don't think there's a strong uh, desire from uh, Vivi's side. There's nothing really pushing them to do it because I think they feel that as soon as people have an opportunity to cash out, they will in droves and you'll have, uh, you know, an exodus from, from the platform.
0: Yeah. And also think of the bigger play here. Uh, this isn't about providing you guys awesome collectibles to cake with you. This is about pumping up their own Bitcoin called OMI mm-hmm. and OMI has been stuck at around 0.005 for months. It's not budging. Uh, there's a bunch of whales sitting on it. So, if you, one thing they've said very clearly, and I, I, I don't want to misrepresent this, I'm paraphrasing. So, if I'm saying this wrong, somebody please correct me in the comments. And that is, you can, the, the roadmap will allow you to cash out gems for fiat, the roadmap will never allow you to cash out gems for OMI. Now, think about that for a second. What does that mean? It means they don't want you guys earning thousands and thousands of Omi by selling your comics, because what's going to happen? Everybody's going to have
1: Omi, and it's not going to rise, right? And I'm perfectly happy to cash out to fiat. Give me my money. Right. <laughs> I, you know, and I'll take a turnaround and invest it in some other currency if I want to.
0: And the bot problem, you you guys are leaving comments, you know. I've seen several comments. I can't get a drop anymore. I can't get a drop anymore. Well, the user base is huge now. There's that, but there's also all these videos and evidence of people using multiple, multiple bots, and it happens. It happens with sneaker drops. Uh-huh. I mean, this is not limited to
1: BB. It's not. I've, I've seen screenshots of people who are running multiple iPhone simulators on their computer. They have rows of them that are are all checked in and waiting for the drop. And so, and you can you can go on. You can go on to the secondary market and look at the marketplace, and you'll see uh, multiple name, you know, the same name for multiple, uh, you know, uh, sales. And it's 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 obvious there's there's a bot problem. Unless they find a way to resolve that, I I think they're they're in trouble.
0: Do they want to resolve it? That's the question because, uh, like I said, they're making money uh, in less than a second, no matter what. Uh, so you remove the bot thing and then you're back to the, and I'm using air quotes here, old model where you have to wait a few minutes to sell out. Remember when we first started this, you, you had like
1: a good two or three minutes to get a drop? Right. Well, you know, th- the more bots means there's there's less there's less um, customers in your pool. So if, if you have one customer who buys 500 units, then you're relying on that one customer to be able to sell those units and 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 spread that uh, you know those that's, those sales across multiple. It's it's much better to have a wide user base because that wide user base is uh, insulated from one particular person not being available or not wanting to sell. You have you know you have that spread. So I think it's good for them if they're looking to grow the platform. So this is more than just something that happened in 2021. I think they need to to stomp on that bot problem.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a little disclaimer here. This is merely my opinion, merely Richard's opinion. Uh, your mileage may vary. It's just not fun anymore. I, I hope they I hope they resolve it. I am a fan in some respects of the idea and the concept, I just, it, it needs, it's growing pains. It's their first year. I get it.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I haven't bought. The last thing I bought was uh, Fantastic Four number five. I got yeah. a common. And I think the reason why the commons are going up so much is they put the actual cover art as the common. And then yeah. the higher you go, um, the the higher grades have custom cover art. Uh, right. And that you can only get through this through this process, and they 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 I think they feel that that's what people are going to assign value to, but a lot of people just want the comic book, you know, they just want yeah. to have the regular cover, so a common is more than acceptable to them.
0: Uh, well, what do you guys think? Are you still in it? Are you Are you over it? Are you moving on to other things? Let us know in the comments. We always love to hear from you guys. And that is going to wrap up our bonus episode
1: for today. Richard, remind everybody where they can find us, please. They can find us on Bronze and Modder Gods or the website, bronzeandmodergods.com.
0: I should update that, shouldn't I?
1: All right, and we will see you on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. Everybody stay safe.